0: Waiting, day three, the beans or the background. Yesterday, we talked about believing that Jesus can give us hope in the wait. Today, we see how to turn that belief into action. The verse, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35, the message version. That same day, two of them were walking to the village of Emmaus about seven miles out of Jerusalem, They were deep in conversation, going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talking questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there, long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? He said, What has happened? They said, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene? He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priest and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death, and crucified him, We had our hopes up so high that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it's now the third day since it all happened. But now, some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they went to the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and they found an empty, just like the women said it was, but they didn't see Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, so thick headed, so slow hearted. Why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see that these things had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the book of Moses, and he went through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. He acted as if he was about to go on, but they pressed him. Stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them, and here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them. Taking the bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. And then he disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he was conversing with us on the road? As he opened up the scriptures for us? They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened! The master has been raised up! Simon saw him! Then the two of them went over everything that happened on the road and how they recognized him when he broke the bread. The steam. What does this mean to me and how can I apply it to my life today? This account of the Jesus appearing on the road to Emmaus always been one of my favorites. Probably because I can most easily relate to it. These guys are just going about their business, discussing the latest events when Jesus, the very one they're discussing, shows up, yet they can't recognize him. So caught up in the events that transpired, they miss the fact that the one they're talking about nonstop is right here under their noses the entire time. Had they taken a second to stop their own train of thought in order to look and listen, they would have realized the answer was right there. Even typing these words is enough to make me shrink down in my seat a bit. I'm embarrassed to admit that I often expect things to just go wrong, I expect my children to do what they shouldn't and my husband to do the exact opposite of what is helpful. I've eaten my words more times than I'd like to admit over the course of this lovely quarantine as I snap about cleaning something up, only to discover that there is actually a perfectly good reason why the mess is still there. I wish I could say my impatience was limited to the four walls of my home, but it's not. I make snap judgments about people on the road or ahead of me in line at the grocery store. I read way too much into text messages, even though we all know so much gets lost in text translation. So reading the story of Jesus just walking alongside the fools, who can't even see that he's right there, really hits home. Like the fools, more often than not, it is only in hindsight that I stop to see Jesus at work in my own life. As I take the time each morning to pray and list out a few blessings, I am able to see how quietly he is at work, yet I fail to see him in the moment. But what if? What if I could train myself to slow down enough in the moment to see things the way he sees them? What if I actually gave him the space to act and work instead of so quickly flying off the handle. My kids and husband would certainly appreciate it, but honestly, I'd be the one with the most to gain. The negative, yucky feelings of frustration and anger may not take over as quickly, making the joy and peace I say I desperately need more easily available. Instead of waiting to see where Jesus was, What if we paused for just a second to see where he is walking alongside us in this moment?